Well, here we are for another one of our Sermon Talkback series. We're actually at our house because my guest today is my wife, Hannah, who uh, attends Central uh, virtually and during the year also kind of virtually because she works on Sundays as well. Uh, we're going to get into uh, who she is and, and asking those questions here in a second, but I just want to let her know there's a lot of pressure. I want to do this in one take, so uh, we're going to give it our sh best shot that we don't uh, mess up or say anything wrong. So, Hannah, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Etc. Like Patrick said, I am his wife. Um, I'm also the companion coordinator at Haywood Street Congregation um, and a member at Central. So uh, what does a companion coordinator do? Um, also, uh, how did you get to Haywood Street? Um, I, I became um, companion coordinator, which is the coordinator of the volunteers at Haywood Street. Um, two and a half years ago and um, before that was a seminary intern sent by Duke Divinity's field education program um, and once I got a taste of Haywood Street I knew I couldn't live life without it so um, when the companion coordinator job opened up I applied. Cool and if someone uh, wanted to get in touch with you how would they do that? Um, you can email me um, at Hannah with an H at the end at haywoodstreet.org Perfect. Wonderful. So, like I said, this week we heard a really great sermon from Rob Luke and Dr. Lynn Cruz. We were really blessed uh, to have Dr. Cruz as a member of our congregation, but also as someone who is willing to take the time to come in and, and preach, especially the conversational sermons. And you can attest because you see me prepare for these. They, it can be pretty hard. I'm trying to make sure everyone meets up at the same time and kind of gets on the same page. So we're just very thankful that Dr. Cruz was there. And the sermon that they had was entitled, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? And so that's going to be my first question to you, um, which is, you know, uh, Luke sent out a, a survey to some of the members of the congregation, just kind of trying to take their temperature. How are they feeling during this, um, you know, COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, some people in the, uh, you know, how we have Easter tide or, or normal time. Some people are calling this quarantine. So how are you feeling during this quarantine, quarantine uh, season? Um, just kind of tell us, reflect on that same question that they asked. Well, I really resonated with the person um, that answered depends on the day, <laughs> um, but today I'm okay. I think that definitely there's been a roller coaster of emotions and stressors throughout this time. Um, worried about family, worried about friends, worried about people we love, worried about people we don't even know who um, are in the demographics that are being more affected than others from this. So I think um, all of the feelings a lot of the time. Um, but really, I feel really fortunate to still be employed and be one of the folks who is going into work. Um, I find that if I just connect with one person each day that I show up to ministry at Haywood, um, I feel leaps and bounds better. Um, and generally, I get to have like five to ten of those connections. So I overall feel very lucky. Mm, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, I resonated with that person. Um that kind of gave contradictory uh, statements. And I feel like you would too, where, you know, they were saying they feel hopeful, but also scared. They feel, you know, like every, they're just a walking contradiction right now. And I feel like um, you and I both experience that because we do get to go in. I do on Sundays and you do on Saturdays and Wednesdays. And so we have, you know, socially distant interactions with people um, that in a, in a way uplift our spirits to continue to work, but also make us a little bit 
anxious for the days to come where we'll be able to be in a, a stronger relationship. Um, one of the things I wanted you to reflect on was, you know, Rob said uh, at the beginning, we all felt this like intense, um, I don't know, we were almost like white blood cells, right? Like Rob was saying, we felt this intense feeling of like, how are we going to figure out how to do church this way? Like we had all of the external stimuli. We just really attacked um, the problem as best as we could. And, you know, let's figure out how to do Haywood Street outside. And how are we, who are we going to call on? And how are we going to do this? Or at Central, how are we going to make things happen online? Um, but now that the novelty of this uh, novel coronavirus, if you will, that's a joke, uh, is, is wearing off. And so I want to know, you know, uh, how are you feeling um, with that? Like, are you feeling that tiredness? Um, are you feeling uh, discouraged or, or I don't know, respond to Rob's statement there, you know? Yeah, I think I definitely resonate with that. Um, and Pastor Brian and I talked about this yesterday, just feeling like we put it into high gear and have been in that gear mm -hmm. for the last three, almost four months. Um, and just how exhausting that is. Yeah. Um, and I think myself as well as the team that I get to work with, I think we all feel like what we're doing is worth it and um, that we want to give it our best and knowing that we're not our best when we're tired. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. um, we're now at the point where we're trying to figure out how do we stay in the game for the longest amount of time in a way that's good for us and good for the folks that we work with and um, good for the life of Haywood Street in the long run. And that's a lot to juggle. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a lot to juggle. And you said something there that we might be having to do this for the long haul, right? And how are we going to kind of prepare ourselves for that? And um, that's something that I know I've been struggling with and you and I have talked about is, you know, how long are we going to do this? And um, Lynn and Rob and Luke kind of touched on that in their, in their sermon, which was, you know, it's when, when we can plan for something, it's a lot easier to endure for um, some time. But when we don't know the future, uh, it, it begins to create this anxiety. And Dr. Cruz um, talked about that. Uh, and he said, you know, there's two different kinds of anxieties. There's like the genetic anxiety, you know, that's one that uh, you're kind of born with, predisposed to. Um, you, there's medicines for that and therapy, you know, and uh, then there's this one that we're all kind of experiencing right now, this shared experience, which is this almost existential anxiety. Um, and I think that that's kind of what you were just sharing, like, I'm getting tired. I'm nervous because I don't know. I'm anxious because I don't know how long this is going to go on. I'm anxious because I don't know if I'm pat, if we're doing the right thing or if that we're handling this the right way. And, you know, we're confident that we are, but there's still an anxiety that it could cause all sorts of things. And so there's that anxiety. Um, but then uh, Dr. Cruz Lynn, he really, he tried to kind of subvert that. And I, I liked what he said, which was, you know, uh, one thing about that is, uh, one, we are all experiencing this together. We are all, and so there is a shared experience there. And so in some ways that kind of loosens that anxiety. But then the other is if you're feeling that, it means that you are not calloused to, to this situation yet, right? That mm -hmm. the experience of anxiety in and of itself means that you're still alive, that your heart is still beating and that it's beating in a direction that means we still want to care for people. We still want to connect with people. And so even though we're feeling tired, we still have that, mm -hmm. that, uh, excitement for life maybe or there is still like a glimmer of of hope in there and what do you think about that i think what i feel and felt most when i heard 
Dr. Lynn say that is, for me, it's more of a sense of comfort mm. that knowing that the people around me, the folks, many folks in our nation and globally, that we are going through this historic time together. Um, and I'm sure that there are glimmers of hope within that comfort, but for me, the overarching feeling is of comfort. Um, I think hope is the most, one of the most challenging things for all of us when you're at home and you're inside your own head. Luckily, we have each other to kind of share that existential dread and crisis <laughs> with, but um, I mean, I think it is, it's comforting knowing that other folks are going through this exact same thing. Um, and like Luke said, in many different ways, some people are experiencing the economic um, stress of this. Some folks are grieving loved ones mm -hmm. in the midst of this. And that um, the fact that the, that we're all in this together is, is comforting. Yeah. And I think where I get my hope, at least in my context, um, there are many glimmers of hope throughout the day when, you know, folks continue to show up. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask you that. So, you know, in our scripture from Ephesians, we talked about the eyes of our hearts being open and that's something they really touched on. And, you know, that that's kind of the lens through which we're kind of seeing hope at this, at this point. And so, like you were saying, you see hope. So if you, they gave some examples, would you give an example of where you're seeing hope um, in your context right now at Haywood street? Yeah, I think um, definitely seeing hope in our companions and our volunteer base that come and um, I mean, there's always some level of risk for going out in public and, um, but just the modeling that our companions do in the community, continuing to show up, continuing to be in relationship, continuing to care, um, that's very hopeful for me. And on the other side of that, the folks that um, can't come, that we have many companions that can't come that are still checking in, offering mm -hmm. prayer, um, offering to call people, offering to write thank you letters. And I think um, it's in the action that I see a lot of hope. Yeah. And you, you also told me a story about one of your friends. Um, I wondered if you would share that with everyone, you know, who, mm -hmm. uh, who came back and um, even though, Haywood is, you know, not meeting inside that it's still a community that he felt welcome in a community that, you know, that was his family. So if you'd kind of expand on that, you could say it more eloquently than me. Yeah. Yesterday, um, one of our dear friends, he's an artist. He's, um, he's a beautiful singer. He always is one of the folks to share in worship, whether it be at the welcome table or outside in the art room, um, just a really dynamic person. And he, travels a lot and came back yesterday and had me read some of his poetry and um, told me a little bit about the journey that he's been on. And I asked how long he'd be in town and he said, you know, as long as I have thumbs, um, I'm going to be on the open road. And I thought that that was um, just special, but he also said that um, he knows that he always has a place to come home to at Haywood street. And I think that that's exactly the hope that church communities, that um, Central, that Haywood Street, that all of our different um, communities where we find homeness can offer to folks that mm -hmm. we may not be able to gather. Some of us um, have the opportunity to gather and it's essential, um, 
And I think that those connecting points, that being the place where, and finding the places where we feel the most at home um, and keeping those doors open figuratively <laughs> <laughs> um, are critical to staying hopeful in this time. Yeah. Well then we'll close with this, which is kind of what Rob closed with. And he tells a, a story about um, a rabbi, but it's a story about when he was younger and that uh, his, even though they were pretty destitute and they didn't have that much money or, or even food, they still got together and, and observed all of the, the Jewish rites and rituals and et cetera. And so one day he witnessed his father take their last bit of butter instead of putting it on bread or et cetera, he stuck a piece of string in it and made the Shabbat candle for them to have, you know, Shabbat dinner, but with no food. And uh, it really upset the son. And he, he kind of took issue with that with his dad. And then his dad said, you know, we can live days without food, but we can't live a minute without hope. Um, during this time, how do you see that uh, lived out? I think I see that lived out in the conversations, whether it be checking in with folks on the phone or talking to my mom or um, getting to see people's eyes. I think one of the beautiful things and I know they talked about this in the sermon too, but there's something about looking people in the eyes when it's the only part of them that's recognizable mm -hmm. um, that feels like a knowing that's deeper than where we typically go with one another. And I think um, when I see friends <laughs> drive up, one of our friends drove up on his scooter the other day with a hat, a ski mask, sunglasses, um, and I still knew who it was and he stopped and I got to look at him in the eyes when he took his sunglasses off. And I think um, holding onto those tender moments of humanity, mm -hmm. um, knowing that when we look each other in the eyes, we are connected. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that that's hard via Zoom, but we do get to see each other's eyes, yeah. which I think is a special part. Um, yeah. But so just the general connectivity that we are, trying harder for but we're still I think we're still getting glimmers and bits and pieces of it that are really meaningful yeah, we're searching for that yeah for that humanity and that hope well Hank I'm very thankful that you came and did this with me say bye to the people thanks for having me remind them one more time where they could find you you can find me um, on our website at haywoodstreet.org or you can just email me at hannah at haywoodstreet.org great well see you next week friends bye <laughs>